If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of The Mind Pump, for the first 42 minutes, we do our introductory conversation, and then we get into the fitness talk. Here's what we talked about for the first 42 minutes. We start out by talking about Phillips Morris. That's the cigarette company. They're doing their own life insurance. That's kind of weird. Uh, and we compared it to the superior life insurance company, Health IQ. Health IQ provides life insurance for fit and healthy people. So if you're fit and you're healthy, which you probably are because you listen to the show, you're going to get better prices through Health IQ. Here's what you do. Go to healthiq.com forward slash mind pump and take the Health IQ quiz and get a free quote on life insurance. Then Adam brought up the Sharks game last night. Most epic game ever. Crazy game. Apparently, they did uh, 14 goals, right? That's right. right <laughs> That's not right, but it will go down <laughs> in history as one of the best game sevens ever. Awesome. Then Justin was sneezing and coughing uh, earlier today, talking about his allergies, or maybe it's a cold. So he's been using Organifi's Immunity, which has immunomodulating effects. It should help with allergies, definitely should help with a viral infection like the cold. Of course, Organifi is one of our sponsors. They make... Phenomenal organic, all organic supplements, including protein powders. If you go to Organifi.com forward slash Mind Pump and use the code Mind Pump, you'll get 20% off all of their products. Then we talk about this upcoming Grand Canyon trip. That's going to be an absolute blast. We talk about gifts for Maximus. Uh, some of our fans have been sending Adam gifts for his new baby boy that's about to come. That's really nice of you guys. Thank you, guys. I love you. Then I mentioned the live event we're doing in Encinitas on May 10th at 6 p.m. It's live. It's open to the public. Here's what you got to do to get invited. Go to mindpumplive.com and get yourself a ticket. Uh, I believe there's like 10 left, so hopefully there's some left when this episode airs. Justin brings up a new show on Netflix called The Creative Brain. I talk about how this sex therapist who did a talk at a college in Minnesota called Trainers Nazis. I think she's crazy. And then we talked about machines versus free weights. And then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. The first fitness question was, are barbell complexes, a.k.a. circuits, suitable for building muscle and burning body fat? We give our opinion in that part of this episode. Next question, how do you fix a chest imbalance or how do you fix a right to left imbalance? Should you just switch to dumbbells or is, this a, or is, is there a better approach? The next question what tools do each of us have to stay motivated when we don't want to go to the gym or we don't want to eat right? Adam likes to say uh, motivation is what? Bullshit. Bullshit. Self-belief is everything. Write, right. that, write that down, everybody. And the final question, what are some of the best investment opportunities right now and for the future? Of course, we are not investment experts, but we always have an opinion. I'd also like to mention, everybody, there's only two days left for our brand new MAPS program launch MAPS Performance Enhancing Design. That's MAPS PED. This is by far the most hardcore advanced MAPS program to date. So this is only for those of you who are super experienced, have great recovery ability, and you're crazy. You're crazy about getting your body to peak physical condition. You've got everything dialed in. You want to squeeze every bit out of your genetic potential out. This is the program for you. It's $60 off. This promotion ends in two days. You better act now. Here's what you do. Go to MAPSPED, that's M-A-P-S-P-E-D.com, and use the code PED60, no space, 
for $60 off. Now, if you're not super advanced, if you'd like to check take a look at our other MAPS programs, you can find the other ones at mapsfitnessproducts.com. You know who Philip Morris is, right? <laughs> of course. He's that yeah, guy. that's my guy. He's, he's that guy that we hang out with sometimes? Lot, yeah. No. The tobacco company, Philip Morris, they started a life insurance firm. <laughs> Did they really? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that, offers, that offers discounts to smokers who quit. Now, this to me sounds wow. like the, the ultimate hedging of your bets. Yeah. <laughs> 100% it is. Wow. It's so brilliant. They're like, okay, here's the, uh, like, we're making money, but here's the problem. Like if how do people, we make how do we make money keep, off yeah. yeah how do we make money off of people that stop being our customers yeah. oh people, I got an idea yeah uh. there's, they're like <laughs> let's keep two, them as customers they're like we have two issues one if they remain customers they don't live that long so we lose them quickly right. two if they quit then of course they're long long our, our customers how can we kill two birds with one stone or as my vegan friends like to say feed two birds with feed one scone feed two birds one scone uh, life insurance company and then give them a discount for quitting we make more money. Blingo Blingo. I mean, Blingo Blango. You know they thought I mean? of everything. Yeah. I wonder how they compare to ours, Health IQ. Oh, come on now. They- <laughs> come on now. Health IQ is not for smokers, is it? Yeah, this is the opposite Health uh, IQ- approach. Health IQ specializes in life insurance for fit and healthy people. So if you did quit smoking, actually, it'd be a good idea. To go to Health IQ, I bet you their prices are better anyway. Right, so maybe that's what we're, we're recommending. If you're a smoker, maybe you should go to Philip Morris. Yeah, if you're yeah. a non-smoker, you should head over to Health, Health IQ. Health IQ, fit and health. Because what they do is they take fit and healthy people and they pool them together. Because your rates, uh, what determines your rates is the your risk of dying, but also how well they do with the other people that they work with and their risk. So if you're part of a pool of other fit and healthy people, it means you're going to get a better price. And remember when Doug did the comparisons? Cause Doug, yeah. Doug used to work in life insurance. Right. A lot of people don't know well, that. Well, you cost the company less money being healthy. That's right. That, so they're they're going to want to you know give you a good rate to, to bring you on as a as a potential. Yeah, client. and that's why I get annoyed if I get pulled with a bunch of everyday. You I know, would love to get the statistics from them. I bet you they have it. We should ask them. We should ask, we should ask Rachel to reach out to them and, and get the statistics of the people that uh, actually. Are dude, life insurance like they have to pay out on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right, right. Like what? What? How? How much? I'm like, sure, it's super low. Like how brilliant of an idea was that for them to create a, a health insurance that's ge- geared around or life insurance that's geared around healthy people? Yeah, because yeah. you're gonna, and it, which means your rate's gonna be cheap. Because remember when we figured it out, and we're in our, I mean, we're older, uh, and it was like what was it, like fifty bucks a month or something like that for I don't remember how much it was a million bucks or something. It was, it was a low price for a big policy. Yeah, yeah, it was very reasonable. It's not a, it's not a, yeah, it's not a, it's not super expensive. I think a lot of people get confused and think it's expensive. But yeah, yeah. if you're fit and healthy, that's where you want to go. But how funny is that, huh? <laughs> Philip Morris? Yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking about. It. It's hilarious that they decided and they just created that company just recently. Yeah, right now it's just in the UK, hey, and then they're going to move it speaking over. Speaking of non healthy companies, uh, didn't uh, <laughs> didn't Roundup I get here get pulled or some shit? Did you guys hear that? No, I don't wow. know about that. Oh, Google that for me, Doug. Sorry, I know this was glyphosates. Uh, I I think Roundup your- is officially banned now. I think after that big lawsuit, it can't uh, be banned. Yeah, dude, I heard something. I like, just, bro, like, I heard, like I read somewhere. Ninety percent of our food supply is doused, and Monsanto driven, in Roundup. Doug, you, Doug's shaking his head. No, what are you reading? It looks like they're alive and well. What did you, even you, though the people who are using it aren't. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! Boom. Damn, yeah, Doug, damn. dropping it. Every, every once in a while, Doug drops uh, a, a killer like that. Yeah, and does a that good one, job. That one just stabbed you. No, there was a there was an article on Roundup, but I don't remember what it was. Adam, I think that's the one you're talking about. Someone it, sent it to us. Is that? Yeah, I imagine it was in our thread. 
Are you sure, Doug? I I know I saw something along the lines. No, 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 no. Yeah, because they come up with. I mean, they have the patent on on all like a majority of the seeds that like farmers use to, yeah. to plant. And, yeah, like, so they're they, still ingrained in that whole process. They have a patent on genetically modified crops on certain crops, which don't die when sprayed with their particular. I mean, from a business perspective, brilliant business model. Right. Brilliant business. Hey, we're gonna sell you these seeds. That you can spray everything and them. It'll kill everything but the seeds. Where do I buy that spray? Oh, we got that too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, we got you. Yeah. yeah. One, two. You know what That's I'm saying? Right. So that guy got, what, 80 million in damages who got cancer from Roundup? 289 million. No, uh, yeah, but I think it went it went back and forth, didn't it? Now he ended up with 80 or something like that? Oh, okay. So the article I read said 289 million. Yeah. That's so kind of a 289 million to groundsmen who blames it for terminal cancer. <sighs> wow. Sucks. What a shitty way to get money, too, right? I know, right? Yeah. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. I mean, what? what's his... Did he have, like, a lifespan, like, they projected for him? It was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, I believe, which, if I'm not mistaken, depending yeah. on when they caught it, is a is one that is relatively treatable, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> oh, yeah. He's 46. Yeah. There's certain certain kinds of cancers are uh, just... They're not... You know, if you, if you have it and you, you ask your doctor, what are the... What does the number show yeah. if I treat this? And it's not good. Some are very treatable, like uh, early stages <laughs> prostate cancer and testicular cancer, for, for example. It's like, a, I don't know, nine, nine out of 10 cases are cured, you know, something like that. But uh. other, other kinds of cancers are, are really bad. And a big reason being that some of them just don't get detected till way later, like pancreatic cancer. One of the reasons why it's such a terrible one or, or tough, tough one to treat is because by the time somebody has the symptoms that get them to go to the doctor to check if things already stage three or stage oh, four. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? By the time it shows up, yeah, it's already... Same thing with stomach cancer. That's another one. That's because that, that was what you know my family member had a long time ago. Uh-huh. And it's by the time she got uh, diagnosed, her, she had no symptoms up until it was stage four. That's crazy. Yeah, super crazy. Anyway, Adam, were you at that crazy uh, sports ball game last night? <laughs> Uh, this is where I feel like so out of the loop because I, I heard it's like one of the best games they ever had. Yeah. It, it was hands down the best hockey game I'd ever seen and most certainly ever been to in my life. Wow. And that was a bold statement. That's not. It's a bolder statement when I tell you that I was there with my good buddy Bruce, who um, oversees like all the 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 suites at uh, the the arena. And he's been working for the company for 20 years. So he's seen every shark game for the last 20 years. And last night we were hugging each other going like, we just watched the best shark game in ever. Greatness. It was so good you embraced a man. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yes. That's crazy. Like a serious, serious hug. Bro, it was- Now, are you on top or is he- (laughs) How's that work? No, that's a power thing. It was just a rolling around thing. Oh, is it like half one? Like your bottom arm is down, your top one's up? You ever notice that? I used to do that. Just make sure the power's- even yeah exactly you ever yeah. notice that when two guys hug yeah. rarely is the one guy's arms on top and no, one you guy, can't they have to alternate both well, especially if they squeeze when you're, you're like, when you're yeah. when you're a six foot three dude you always assume the top position okay yeah, just yeah. all right in fact it's all you know that when br- you hug me buddy yeah oh yeah no. you hug me. No, i side hug him for that reason I'll, i always get you all right. pay attention yeah. even when we do photos when we do photos <laughs> i'm always on top of you bro yeah, yeah, yeah. yes let's yeah. go back and check that out yeah. i'm well, curious well, i never let either one of you over me well to, wow. be, tech, to be quite, quite i put my hand in your lower back yeah to be, <laughs> yeah. To be quite honest in grappling it's the underhooks that give you the advantage so i'm just ready 
That, that oh, is that what it is? That's, I got the oh, overarm. Yeah. I got the underarm. I like how you're justifying. Shit goes I, I down. Do, yeah, I do Adam's that. getting frequent flyer miles. You know what's funny, though? <laughs> I always find it hilarious when uh, I go to give like a hug, and this actually happens a lot for me, and I don't know why that is, and I don't know if other people have this situation, but there's sometimes when I go to like, I, I go to lean down and like hug like a family member or a girl that's a much shorter than I am. And she actually goes up like she's going to get above my shoulders. <laughs> and, and there's this like awkward, yeah. you know. Because then she's like pulling your neck to like throw you down. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you and, doing? And I'm supposed to go way down here. I'm like, yeah. no, I, I go up high. Yeah. I go high. I'm 6'3". That's just the rules. Yeah. Yeah. There's rules to this. So, so tell me about what made this game so crazy. So <clears throat> I got to set the table for you so you understand. Yeah, go for it. Uh, this is playoffs, Oof. right? Okay. This is so challenging. This, now, this the winner of this you said goes to semis, right? So, uh, so this is this is playoffs. You getting a semi? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. You always take my jokes. Hey. I was setting it up, Justin. Anyway, I knew continue. You, were. you the, stole mine the other day. I don't feel bad. Last year we lost to the Vegas Knights. They went on to the Stanley Cup championship. Right. Okay, so that's who we're playing right now in the first round. They get up on us. Three games to one. It's the best of seven. Hmm. So we're all. That's a bad situation. Oh, it's. And I I forget the statistics on that. When you go down three to one in hockey, I think it's like a 70 something or 80 something percent chance you're for sure going to lose. So So, we're we're already 20%. Yeah. And it's three to one. So I go to that game. So I go to, I go to the game. It's at home, Sharks, for the three to three one series. It's a do or die game for us. And we win that game. So that was a big deal. So now it's 3 2. 3 2, but we got to go back to Vegas now. Mm-hmm. We go back to Vegas. This was two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. We go back to Vegas. We win in double overtime. And that's, and is Dang. this the game that everybody was like, oh, that guy should have been fucking whatever for seven minutes? I saw some posts. No, it's we're not there yet. Oh, okay. So that was. So I did see something. Did anybody it. pull the goalie or anything bold move oh, like that, that? Yeah, that always happens. always happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is so now the series is tied three to three. Okay. Yeah. You're going to a game seven now. Game sevens already. I can only count on one hand how many game sevens I've been to in playoffs. So mm. making a making a game se- game seven in NBA or NHL is just already that just just it means it was a great a great series, right? Great I mean, matchup. Yeah, great matchup to where it's going all the way down to the final it's game. It's like Frazier Ali. Yes. Yes. But for, for hockey. Right, Okay, right. Good, good analogy there. I got it. So, game seven, it's back at the Shark Tank. We're there. We're playing. We're playing. They are. They brought their game, dude. And we're just, we, we're laying an egg. Period one, no goal. Period two, no goal. We're down 3-0 in the Damn. final period. 3-0. In hockey, which, by the way, hockey scores, yeah. average hockey scores like 3-2. to two. Yeah, it's yeah. less, it's almost like soccer. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's but three. See, I get everything, look at this, the sports stuff's coming out, Justin. Except way more exciting. <laughs> yeah, way more. Yeah, yeah. So it's 3-0. <laughs> soccer fans. It's, we're, we have 11 minutes left in the third period. I'm looking over at Justin talking about what time we we're we're fright we're pissed we're mad at our team right now again another year we're excited about being in the playoffs we get let down we just we're, we're not playing with enough emotion whatever so we're bitching right like a bunch of fucking fangirls right here mm-hmm. like going back and forth about the game and all of a sudden this crazy penalty happens uh Pavelski gets nailed gets knocked out completely hits the ice blood goes all Dang. over the ice like crazy crowd screaming and yelling this is our player yes gets hurt they give him a five-minute penalty. Now, this penalty is already a rare penalty to get a five-minute penalty. Mo- normally, times, most times in hockey, when you get a penalty, it's a two-minute penalty. And after, if a team scores after that two minutes, you get your player back. So, if, with the penalty, penalties in hockey, you have to play with a guy short. Mm-hmm. You get that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 
you get a five-minute penalty. The only difference between this penalty is even if you score when it's that bad of a penalty, you don't get your guy back. For five minutes, you got to play And shorthand. the reason why it was a five-minute one was, was such a bad... Yes, okay. such a bad penalty. So, But it doesn't matter. We're down 3-0. This, but this gives us a little... Now we're like, okay, are we going to actually respond and at least right. get a goal up or whatever? And within like 15 seconds, bam, we get a goal. So wow. now it's 3-1. And so we're going crazy. In a four-minute span, four goals we score. Holy shit. We go up at one after another after another after being shut out the entire game. And we come back and we score four, and we're up four to three. Oh, my God. They actually, so are you, their are coach you, must have been just like losing his mind. Oh, we, Is everybody just going ape, ape shit? shit. I post. I posted on my story that we had Justin filmed the, the goal to uh, take us up four to three. So there's a clip on my Insta story right now of that last minute where <coughs> we we went up to to take the lead four to three. Forty so the whole game, the whole third period, we're standing on our feet, screaming, yelling, I lost my voice. Then 47 seconds left of the uh, period, mm. they score to tie it back up. Four four. Oh, we go into overtime. Oh my god, your <laughs> yes. balls are just oh. inside your body, now. dude. We're crazy, yeah. crazy last night, and it's a late night. I know you got to be up early the next day, but it doesn't matter. This is just insane. And the the suite, dude. Everybody in the suite is fucking throwing chairs, and we're tackling <laughs> each other like screaming <laughs> beers. Yes, I mean, this is you're talking about, especially when you talk about Justin, myself, and then my buddy Bruce, like fanatics about I'm the least fanatical about the the team like that they're like crazy fanatics so this is a big deal watch every they watch Justin doesn't miss a game ever uh, same thing with Bruce he's there at, at all the games so this is just like a, a crazy moment uh to be a part of all of us be watching it together this happen um and then in what happens in overtime we score we win and the whole entire place just fucking erupts and goes down it's already being talked about right now on sports center and uh, ESPN as uh, the greatest game seven in arguably all of sports for sure in NHL. Dude, that's wow. so crazy. Yeah. Did they like so on that four goal streak? Did they do a lot of one timer like shots to get them in quick? Oh. How did it work out? Yeah, you had you had you had a wraparound, you had a one timer, you had a tip, you had so all different yeah. variables. I mean, oh, it was wow. you you just you and what's cool about it is you felt the energy. That's what I'm. Yeah. I was just gonna like, say we pe- were, oh. were just talk, in the zone. Just people <laughs> talk about momentum and pretend like it's not a real thing. It is a real thing. Oh, when you get that momentum. And I don't care what you're doing, whether it's making a sale, whether it's you know uh, scoring points on a game. This, this is one of those things that we don't have yet the science to measure. That's and why prove. they do timeouts in sports after well, to stop the momentum. John Brinkus brought up a book. I'm trying to forget. It's something morphology or morph. Uh, That's he, right. He, he said he said there was read. a book that literally covers this topic, and I really right. want to read it. Well, this right. this is such a a great uh, example or testament to that theory. Because you're talking about a game where we are being shut out completely. We can't get anything in the net for an entire game. And then all of a sudden, in four minutes, we put four on them? Mm-hmm. That's just like unheard of. It is unheard of. And, never- they, and, they, and, and that penalty must have just... <clears throat> Charged up our guys. Yeah, you, you were well. We we saw how hurt. I mean, it. He he got hit completely. Lights out, and his head. And we're looking at it, and I can see his head laying on the ice. You can see he's not moving. Burns come sliding over, and they're flagging over the emergency people right away, heading heading over on the ice. So we're kind of freaking out. And then all of a sudden, you see the ice turning red. Oh my god! How and did, that, did he? Is he okay? Scary. So I haven't actually seen any. I haven't seen any clips. So mm. that was last night. I came in early this morning, so I haven't. I haven't even had a chance to get caught up on my sports center and see 
exactly how when na- it happened. Yeah, how nasty the hit was. Um, I'm assuming what what it looked like happened is his jaw got clipped by an elbow. Mm. Looks like he got knocked out. That'll put you to sleep. And then the ice is what split his head open oh. when he hit the wow. ice because he went he went out cold. That's what I think. I, I'll watch it wow. and I'll find out. But you could see uh, the ice just turn completely red. Oh, so that charged him. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it was nasty. So that's so that's why your voice is a little bit Raspy. raspier than normal. I thought you were catching uh, Justin's uh, yeah. cold. No, I, I was screaming. Well, if it's a cold, I I'm like still I have I'm in limbo as to whether or not it's a cold or if it's allergies. Like because I have the runny nose thing and I have the eye watering thing, but then also I have this cough and it's really annoying. Maybe post nasal drip. Yeah. Have you noticed because the Organifi immunity, the new immunity? Oh, you should uh, take that. Packet, I have been taking it. it. Oh, yeah. you did? Yeah, I just start. I started it uh, early yesterday, and I just was drinking that t- t- as something to try and preventatively, you know, uh, you know, not ha- hopefully it catches it before it progresses. So theoretically, the ingredients in that not only will help strengthen an immune system to fight off things like viral infections, but also should have some immunomodulating effects to help with allergies. Mm. So, we'll oh, really? So it's so helpful for that too. It should All be. Right. So we'll see if you notice any any benefits from drinking that. Either way, right? Two birds, one scone. <laughs> it's a real thing. <laughs> Wasn't that their answer to like a emergency or airborne? Isn't that like a better version of that? Is yeah, that what, that's oh, what yeah. it's supposed to Much be. Much better version. Yeah, emergency and airborne is just vitamin C fizzy. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not really just a any. ton of vitamin C. That's yeah, all that's in that. That's yeah. all it is. I mean, brilliant marketing, but yeah, it's not, not much. At is all. that really? That's all in there? I thought I mean, that There's a bunch is. of other herbs and stuff in there, but probably not eff- efficacious doses. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. So, this I don't is, know. like I said, it's a better version of that. I yeah. definitely, yeah. I mean, it's, we'll see. Like, I've, I definitely feel like it's on a better path than it was like last night. I was like, really. Not feeling it last night, dude. You better not get sick right before you guys take off to your trip right now. Uh, know, you dude. better not get me sick. Is what he was. It's like, dude. I mean, of course, every time you know, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna slow down a minute, and then your body's like, oh, you're gonna slow down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just like fucking punches you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've I've had a lot of people uh, comment that they like the Organifi immunity, um, just the flavor and the effect. So I'm really yeah, it's not like super sweet. It's like pretty like smooth and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll see how the effects are. Yeah, but I am excited, dude. We're we're going to the. We're going to take the kids to the Grand Canyon. That's mm-hmm. going to be fun. Now, has has everyone already been? Never. I, I don't been. think anybody. I have when I was a kid. And what's kind of nostalgic for me is, uh, I mean, I I went with my brother and my family, and uh, that was when Star Wars was first like released, like in theaters. I think it was Empire Strikes Back. And uh, so we actually, I watched it as a kid there. There's like a like a movie theater that's that's around there. Avengers Endgame will be out. Yeah, maybe we can watch that. Well, maybe the, we'll do that. Yeah, but yeah, leave the kids with. The, that's all I remember. I remember the Star Wars. I don't remember the Grand Canyon. So yeah. we'll see how this goes. No, I'm. You know what I'm. So here's the thing: when you travel with a lot of kids, you'll you'll learn this too, Adam. Uh, soon, when you travel with a lot of kids, you just have to lower your expectations in terms of <laughs> what you're gonna do. Lowered <laughs> expectations. Yeah. Like, like when you when you when you don't have kids with you, you're like, oh, yeah. we're gonna see this, we're gonna see that, we're gonna stay out all day. When you have kids. <clears throat> It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, we, we if, were able if it happens, it happens. Yeah, we were able to see the Grand Canyon for thirty uh, minutes, and then you know, someone you know crapped themselves, or they had to go to the bathroom, or whatever. And it's, <laughs> yeah, whatever stuff like that. Yeah, but I'm really looking forward to just hanging out, you know, with the, like the families together in the house. And uh, dude, how yeah, hot? Go hiking and all. How that? hot is it supposed to be over there? Seventies. It's 70s. not bad. It'd be no. like 
like what 50 degrees at night at night it's gonna be cold lower yeah but but during the day it'll be in the 70s what are you sure yeah Yeah, we looked at it that's what the internet said (laughs) the internet was (laughs) just lying yeah it might be wow i would assume it was much hotter over there right now no no we're gonna get some good instagram pics so i'm gonna guess it's gonna be awesome yeah as long as we don't stand too close to the edge are your kids do your kids have camelbacks and stuff for the hiking well we actually thought about that courtney was asking me about that i'm like yeah you should probably get one she'll she might just have one and then i i actually just i like carrying shit and i make like a workout out of it so i'm just gonna i have a couple of those you guys gotta borrow those yeah no i have i have some for my kids and it's just for fun i mean we don't even hike long enough to need them but the kids get excited because it's to wear something yeah if i were you throw some throw some liquor and stuff in there and have a good time. Now you're yeah. talking right on right? the right on the rim of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you seen that? There's like been like I think three deaths at the Grand Canyon over the last eight days. Yeah. <laughs> Has there really? Yeah. People taking selfies, apparently. Right, trying to get close. Yeah. Just, well, well I know they have that like invisible catwalk thing now, right? Have you seen that? No. So they, what yeah, is there's that? like they. It's like um, some kind of plexiglass where it like extends over, so you walk like you can see underneath you, like how far down it is. My feet are sweating right now. I think, yeah, this. I think my balls will just you know completely like go all the way inside me, all the way <laughs> up my chest. Oh, yeah. they have a they have a catwalk like that. That's yeah. cool. Like, they didn't scare have that. the shit out of me. That is that new? Was that newer or what? It's no newer. Idea. Yeah. Like, oh, last 10 years I just so. as I've gotten older I didn't appreciate this shit when I was a kid you know as, as a kid I'd go see nature and be like okay like whatever I want to go back and watch TV now there it is right there oh, like skywalk that. there yeah, you go skywalk that's cool yeah. now as an adult when I see these incredible just wonders of the world like Yosemite or you know the Grand Canyon for example or just nature it's breathtaking to me now literally I find myself lo- like not like losing my breath and being in complete awe. Yeah, this has been a, a new thing for you over the past like couple of years, huh? Oh, like just getting out in nature and like really observing. It's it's life changing. You know, I watched a documentary on the Grand. So you guys know what the story is with the with the Grand Canyon, right? How it was formed, like over you know what what is it millions of years with the Colorado with River the glacial. 40, you know, uh, uh, is that what they're saying? How the, the river kind of carved it out or right. whatever. There was this one guy who tried to make the case that he thinks it happened all at once with a massive yeah. flood or Not something. Not Graham Hancock, but the other, uh, God, I forget his name. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I've heard Randall, Randall something. Yeah, Carlson, did you see that? Randall Carlson. Did you see that? Yeah, and so he's, I mean, he, it's part of like this big cataclysmic theory that, you know, a meteor, and they actually just found and uncovered a humongous like six mile wide like meteor like crater no way. In, in greenland that just got uncovered because of the ice really yeah and so like all these theories are coming in and uh, uh being somewhat verified yeah because graham hancock talks about how he thinks there's been very advanced human civilizations way before the ones that we know about and that the earth is Go so back old. like Tepe already approved that. Yeah, that, that the Earth is so old that that these these civilizations were just wiped out through meteor blasts or through just erosion because they're so old. They lasted for so long. Yeah. So all these these flood, um, you know, myths around the world have you know were true stories. Yeah, it's like an account that was passed on from uh, generations yeah. of humans. Well, apparently we're in like the tail end of a long cool period for earth mm-hmm. for that the earth was a lot warmer for most of the for for a long time and that we're kind of towards the tail end of it and some people are saying it's going to warm up regardless it's supposed to warm up anyway yeah which is, i know, love i love all that stuff too i love too when you know scientists like it make the, make it their life's mission to 
you know, disrupt a lot of information that have, we've like known to be true forever, but they get shit for it their whole lives. And then it starts being verified. It's great to see that like things like get verified like that. Yeah. Wasn't this the Sphinx in Egypt? They're like, there's water erosion on it. The, yeah. the, there hasn't been water here for way longer than what we think the Egyptians yeah. were around for. And so they had, I mean, that's the thing. And they don't want to address certain inconsistencies like that because then it uproots a lot of their entire yeah. education, you know, that they've theories. been passing on. It's crazy. So. But I, I, I love doing things like this and just getting that that feeling, that breathtake, like, wow, this is so incredible. But the thing I'm really looking forward to, to be quite honest, is hanging out at night in the house with yeah. everybody. I, I got the scary stories. The All right, you got that ones. covered. I got some cool board games. Do you? What the Meme, and uh, I forget the other one, but yeah, there's some pretty ridiculous ones that we'll have fun with. For oh, sure. I love that stuff. So it'll, it'll be a good time. So Adam, you're going to Tahoe, is that what you said? Yeah, we take off to Tahoe tomorrow morning. We were going to go tonight, but it's looking like we, Katrina and I got a bunch of stuff we got to handle work-wise before we get out of here. So I think tomorrow morning we'll hit the, hit the road. And I'm just going up there with uh, my best friend, the one that actually was at the Sharks game with. So him and his wife and his uh, newborn, that's a one-year-old. Uh, what do you guys do together when you go? Uh, he rides, too, so he's a snowboarder. Um, so we'll have our boards, although I don't know what the weather's going to look like. So it's been really nice the last like week or so. Um, I don't know how fresh the powder. I don't like to, I'm snobby when it comes to that. I, <laughs> I, I, I like to love to ride, but if it's crap snow, there's I don't care to ride that bad that I have to go ride. We shit. had a huge base from this season. Like, right. We got a ton, but yeah, I'm sure it's like all like packed. ice packed and then yeah. put so it on top. What I was hoping what would happen during if we time it right where I get it like a day, one of these days where it actually rains and then snows up there and then I could ride powder one morning and then and call it a trip where we do that. Regardless, though, we wanted to get away somewhere where we could relax and just hang out with the baby and chill. Does so. he have a boy or a girl? Boy. How old? <clears throat> one. One year. Oh, cool. So he'll be close age with your with your boy. Yeah. So he's he and he's the oldest. The other one has got a daughter that's six months. So there's uh, he's got a six. My two best friends have a six month old. Uh, the uh, the, the six month old the old girl and then the so one girl two boys. Yeah. No. 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 There's no. A, one has a girl. Yeah. Your buddy's got a boy. And you're gonna have a boy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it's funny because so she's gonna have two like brothers, you know. The guy, the guy who had the the you know my friend who had the daughter, that's how it starts. Comes from a a family where it's all all boys, and so he's like the she's like the first girl like mm. in the family. Um, so it's interesting to watch him navigate, you know, being a new father and having a baby girl, and then now my buddy who has the boy, and now I have a boy coming. Are you finding yourself now, no, because now you know you have one on the way, are you finding yourself even more drawn to babies now? No, I don't think I'm any more drawn uh, to other babies as much. Now, I have I have a, a special place. like that. I'm the, the godfather for for this kid, so there's he's like a kid to meet my kid. Right. I mean, these these two best friends, I, I think... Of, they're I don't, family. They're family, yeah. Right. They've, they've evolved beyond... In fact, I don't even think of them as like friends. We don't even hang out like friends used to. It's more like seeing family when we see each other, and so I think of them as like my, you know, nieces and nephews that they've mm -hmm. had, so... Yeah, I, I don't. I don't notice that. The things I notice, I, I have caught myself like you know what they call nesting, right? So I'm doing things, I'm cleaning the house up and organizing closets and doing things that I would normally not do. I would probably lean on Katrina to do or or have somebody else do. 
And so I'm doing that right now. I'm finding myself and also creating new habits and patterns. Like I told you guys before, the rower and getting downstairs. And I've been getting up really early every single morning now. And I've always said on this podcast, I hate mornings. I don't get up in mornings. But I also recognize that if I'm going to have these productive days where I get the same shit done now with a kid, I'm going to have to get up really early. And so it. awesome. There was a, there were a couple uh, people at that live event that we went to that we did that actually brought Adam and Katrina a baby gift. I yeah. know. Which, I was thinking, man, I was like, oh, I had my kids too soon. You know, like, <laughs> Adam's getting hooked up from like Butcher Box and, you know, from we've actually We've and, actually got a bunch and I haven't, in part of why I haven't said anything on the show is I feel bad because we've actually got that many that I don't remember all the it's names. It's so there. touching though that people- No, it's awesome. Know, oh, it's, dude, I've got, yeah, what, so what I got a, a baby rattle that is a dumbbell. Uh, <laughs> right, so I thought that rad. was rad. Could you add resistance to it to strengthen, <laughs> yeah. to strengthen his little baby arm? <laughs> so uh, we got that. I got uh, a, like a quite a few weight. little uh, like educational type books to read them that I think are really cool. Um, I've now got a couple onesies. Butcher Box sent the the, the custom onesie uh, for us, and then um, I got uh, the Mind Pump onesie sent to me from Cody. I thought that was that was super rad. Um, uh, Sandra got me uh, um, uh, the night light that's all that you can control through the app on your iPhone mm-hmm. that's for them I mean people have found out that Katrina is uh, re- I think she's I don't even know what she's registered how bad is this I think she's registered at uh, baby whatever and um, uh, Target but people figured that out I never said anything People have figured that out and have gone and already started buying things. On no the, way! Yeah, that's and Dang. we've gotten I've gotten shit in the mail and gotten stuff sent that I, I have no idea like who it came. And some people don't even sign it and say who it's from. They just oh, send it. Oh, everybody's excited. That's, yeah, that's rad. No, that's so nice. I know it's cool. It's yeah, really cool. Yeah. Oh, speaking of live events, uh, Encinitas coming up. I want to make sure I, I mention that for the audience because we have a limited amount of tickets it's, left. It's getting full too. Yeah, so. I, I hope by the time this airs that there's still some available because I'm talking about Yeah, it right we now. want a packed house. Yeah, so um, to do that, you got to go to mindpumplive.com and this is a live event. So we meet everybody, answer questions, uh, have a good time. Justin is going to do his naked dance that yeah. he only does at Cake live stands. events. Uh, so if you want to see Justin naked, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's on the 10th of May at 6 p.m., mindpumplive.com. I wanted to mention that, but... We'll see if there's uh, if there's any tickets left. Hopefully there is. So, anyway, what was yeah. that show on Netflix, Justin? I wanted you because you were going to start telling me, and I said, why don't you save it for the show? Yeah, no, I was. Uh, I loved this show. It was like getting into the you know into the neurology of like the creative brain. So like like how do you create like um, you know the environment that fosters this process you know further? And they took a bunch of different examples of of people, whether they're like a performing artist, like, or like a, this jazz musician, um, you know, this, this person that actually created like monsters and animation. And, um, and then also like they did this example of like a school. So what the, one of the, one of the ones that I thought was the most interesting was the school had like underperforming test results with all their kids. And they were like the, one of the lowest in their, uh, district and they just decided, you know what, we got to do something about this. And this was completely on the staff and everybody else, like, uh, you know, in the school just decided, hey, we're going to completely like change our curriculum. And so they changed it to foster more, um, more of this like artistic 
um, you know, planned and, and designed curriculums. So that way they're learning math, but they're learning math by uh, creating art and like drawing for, uh, you oh, know. interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a really, really cool idea work? and it worked very well. Like oh. they, they had high performing, uh, you know, across the board. And they did this with all subjects, which was interesting. So they, they, they took a, a creative artistic approach as an out outlet for these kids to kind of own um, like they weren't wrong with their answers, but they had to explain every one of their answers through their art. And so this sort of put uh, the emphasis that you can fail, you can be wrong, but, you know, as you're refining the process, like you're going to learn so much as a result of it. And, and it showed in their test scores, like how much they really uh, adopted, you know, the concepts that they I were learning. This. I love this stuff. Yeah, what did, it was what, different. What did they talk about? What did they say about the environment that fosters creativity? Did they say anything in specific? Yeah. So they, they were just saying that, um, like, in terms of being able to emerge, like, for so for different people they had different processes like they'd have um like a book of things they collect and like like things that were inspiring to them that they'd put in front of them and, and in order to um you know structure their their uh, actual room or their office to um you know be able to kind of get these types of imagery and different like things that um fostered uh like this creative process for them but but really to to create the environment. So a lot of like some people left and, and uh, very similar to what we do in our creative process where we, we go somewhere. It has to be a certain, you know, distance away. Yeah. Cause the drive is part of it. So a couple of people have built like actual studios that are like a certain like mileage away from their house. And that's where like they, it, it's like the separation of, mm. of, you know, your day to day process. And then in order to then, uh, immerse yourself completely in that thought process and allow your brain to just run wild. Yeah, that's the thing about creativity is it oftentimes feels spontaneous, like, oh shit, you know, I'm feeling creative. But when you start to piece together the environment that promotes that spontaneity, then you can kind of recreate it. You can place yourself in these situations that tend to create the environments that increase the odds for that spontaneity of creativity. Um, and we've we've identified that with our, our program writing process, right? That's and that's just something that, and now whether it's true or not, the fact that we believe it's to be true, it's going to increase the, the our, our creative process. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make us more creative. And they were trying to find that edge, that line where, you know, socially or, you know, like uh, whatever, like acceptable wise, like what was acceptable, what wasn't acceptable and where's that balance between those two uh, thoughts and like what, what works, what doesn't work. Like, and so... Um, you know, to be able to kind of like push that threshold, like created an opportunity for them to, to, they kind of live on that line, you know, mm -hmm. they, they found if the closer they get to that line of like, um, you know, what's been done before, but where could I take it, uh, you know, even further that people are too scared to go. Interesting. I want to check that out. Yeah. So, so did you guys see this? There was this sex therapist, um, who was on, she was speaking at a college. Oh, it was on the in Minnesota. I got I, the Glenn Beck podcast. Did her or yeah. had her now? On she's there she's a she's a relatively obese lady, and that's this is part of the, this is an important piece of this the story. So she's a pretty large lady, and she basically compared uh, personal trainers to Nazis. 
Wow. And said it's assault. Whoa. It's assault. Uh, yeah, I'll, That's I'll give, aggressive. Yeah, I'm going to read to her a quote that she said during this. Oh, you got a quote on her. We should be critical of the use of science and the production of knowledge to continue promoting this idea that certain bodies are fit, able, and desirable. It is my fatness that causes my blood pressure, or is it my experience of weight stigma? She then connects the science, suggesting that obesity is unhealthy to Nazism, saying that fatphobic science is often actually eugenic science, and eugenic science is Nazi wow. science. Wow. <laughs> well, for, first of all, I'm the first person to support, like, you, you got to care about yourself. You got to truly love yourself if you're going to make any real changes, right. which is different than saying, you're fat. You need to lose weight. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And also, if you actually are caring for yourself and taking care of yourself like someone you care for, you're not going to be obese uh, unless there's some kind of medical condition. Because that, how do you take care of something you really care about, right? You prevent that from happening. Yeah. But the fact that she's saying that she's trying to take the science and say that it's, uh, you know, that it's, it, for, she's trying to say that the fact that she has weight stigma, that's what gives her high blood pressure, not the fact that she's. 350 pounds you understand yeah. so her health is bad not because she's massive <coughs> and she doesn't eat a, a good diet she's not healthy because of all the stigma she faces being massive like talk about taking responsibility yeah, it's not taking ownership for action and just throwing it at everybody else you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah, deflecting it's crazy. and this you said this made this this is making the news huh well i got no someone sent me a dm that it was on a they were talking about it on a podcast I think it was Glenn Beck or someone, I forget. Wow. But when you said that, I was like, oh, that's so funny. I was literally just reading some. Well, isn't that just like term thrown out there for everything now? Like, ugh. if you don't agree with something, you're a Nazi. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I know. I just like. I wish they wouldn't do that too because it trivializes the word. Right. Like, like Nazis. That offends me that people throw that term yeah, around, like, to be honest. Like Nazi, racist. Like, those are terrible, terrible things to be. The fact that we call everything, you know, Nazi that we don't like, right. it trivializes the word and it makes it seem like Nazis weren't that bad. Oh, well, if a trainer's a Nazi, then I guess because that's eventually what'll happen. I mean, as history continues to pass. Nah, I felt guilty. I call Katrina the calendar Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever anybody wants to do something with me or they like want to, I'm like, you got to go talk to the calendar Nazi. Uh, that's not my job. So here's here's <laughs> what she. My son called me the food Nazi. The other she, day. Yeah, like, she she says that you? there's a clear communication that there's an idealized body. Body. And Nazis really love the idea of an idealized body. So it makes a lot of sense to me that a fitness instructor might also think an idealized body in his thin, white, supremacist way. Oh, they have to throw white in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what that has to do. proximity to, to fat shaming. Yeah. I don't have any... I don't know yeah, what that has to do with anything. But first of all, the idealized body... I understand how media works. And I know that media makes us feel terrible. And they have this ideal that they push out and all that stuff. But the reason why that's pushed out is because that's what we buy and pay for. And some of it's rooted in our own um, instincts. Like, why are we naturally more attracted to a relatively lean person than somebody who's very, very overweight? Why? Evolutionarily speaking, the person who's relatively lean, the odds that they're going to be able to have a healthy offspring... Um, are much higher than somebody who's severely. Then how do you explain like my buddy who's like really into fat chicks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, everyone has that buddy, don't you? I mean, well, doesn't everybody have the, the one friend? Well, I'm yeah. talking. I'm speaking in generalities, but you're right. Humans are so complex. We're Chubby, such comp chasing Chad. We're such complex right, creatures yeah. that we we can sexualize anything. I mean, there's people that have sex with 
trees and cars and he was my you know. favorite guy to go to the to the to like go to house parties and shit with because <laughs> you would use yeah, a, yeah he's the fall guy he's the, no he's a perfect wingman dude yeah. is what he is he's yeah. a perfect wingman you, you'd be looking over at a group of girls and there's like three of them <laughs> and you'd be chatting with your buddy and you'd be like oh bro she's hot and you're like and you're thinking to yourself like fuck we're both into the same girl and, and then he was like no no the one with the the, the red pants on you're like Oh shit! You oh, okay? Cool. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, let's, let's go talk to him. Yeah, <laughs> buy everybody a drink. Yeah, you want to go to the party with a buddy who likes different girls than you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that that's does that's that makes sense. <laughs> anyway, that's hilarious. But uh, dude, so after this, I'm gonna go do another one of those crazy law. I'm trying to work up my body's uh, capability to handle more volume and frequency because I want to try at some point uh, doing a double split routine like like mass PED. I want to yeah. see if I can handle it and get my body to that point. So I'm going to go again today uh, to the gym and do, I'll be doing something like f- close to 60 total sets uh, in the workout full body. Wow. Yeah. So it's a lot. Of, but here's what I found about uh, volume. I can handle way more. And this is true for clients too. I can handle way more volume when a lot machines. of it's from machines. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Huge. Free weights just tear you up way, way more. Yeah. Way more, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like three sets of squats. Even the most messing my legs up. Way even more than the, nine and, and that's an obvious one, like squats. But even like the most basic thing, like dumbbell curls. Oh yeah, dumbbell curls compared to like machine curls. Way is, more. Yeah. Way more damaging. Yeah. You know, so it's something to keep to, to something to take note if you're listening. Like if you are trying to add volume to your workout and you think you might be tiptoeing the line, maybe the first step you do is machines. Test that out, and then if you think you can go free weights. Then go to free weights, just because it takes a lot more. This out is of your something body. that I think a lot of bodybuilders have mastered really well. Of course, this is what they've done really well. Absolutely. Is because a lot of them are in the gym for hours, but the only reason why they're in the, able to be in the gym for hours and not go backwards on their physique and see still progress is, you know, they do their a couple maybe compound lifts maybe, and they do or a couple free weight exercises, and then they go to a lot of machine and cable work. Mm-hmm. And when right. you do machine and cable work, I can I can be in there for two hours plus, just mm-hmm. touching up on everything versus going. I mean, squatting, deadlifting, and there's some benefit overhead. to yeah, it. Yeah, that sort of makes sense. And there's some benefit to it, right? Like yeah. increasing the volume, getting the blood. It's good for hypertrophy if it's added to a routine appropriately. Um, so yeah, just, just especially when you're, you're trying to develop specific small muscles on your body versus get what's the best bang for your buck. You know, there's a big difference when I'm speaking to somebody about exercises and what is the best exercise or what's the best exercise or the best bang for your buck on when you're doing a back exercise versus, Hey, I want to work on specific parts of my back and you know, what's the best exercises for that. And I want to do more volume. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. There's a different conversation. Mm This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. Our first question is from D. Zach. Are barbell complexes suitable for building muscle and burning fat at the same time as claimed by some? Mm, it's claimed Ooh-y. by who? So first off, fat loss is a result of calorie deficit. Okay, so you can lose fat. There's doing, the first thing. Yeah, doing whatever workout. Okay. Um, now, barbell complex, uh, otherwise known as a circuit, is several exercises put together, typically three or four or more. Right. Without any rest, it's cardio with weights. 
Yeah. Um, that's d- really what it is. I mean, the the barbell complex portion of it is just convenient because you know you're you're transitioning to another movement like in place, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And now, now, as far as building muscle is concerned, there's definitely more of a muscle building signal with a barbell complex or a circuit than there would be with just traditional cardio. But there's way less muscle building <clears throat> signaling happening than a traditional straight set. You know barbell dumbbell type workout yeah you're already going to have to compromise the load i mean that's something like you know to be able to get through every one of those movements efficiently and you know without because you gotta you gotta like amount for the fact that you're going to be you know in a state of fatigue pretty quickly by like repeating these different movements back to back um so you have to scale down the weight you know some to be able to handle that kind of stress this reminds me of like all the clickbait stuff and this is how people can get away. I mean, there's, it's true. If you do a barbell complex, can you build muscle? Can you burn fat? You can make a case for that 100%. That's the hard thing, I think, for the average consumer when they're, when they're going through Facebook and getting hit with right. ads. Yeah, or, there's a window for it. Right. And, and, there's a, and there's an argument to be ma- made that you can do that. I think, but most of this stuff is just a, a marketing ploy to get you to get excited. Like, oh, shit, this is what I was missing. I didn't realize that if I did these barbell complexes, I could be building fat or building muscle and burning fat mm-hmm. at the same time. It's like, well, that kind of happens in everything that you do. And you can make that case for just about anything, including, including cardio. You said just, I mean, if you just got on traditional list cardio, that's one thing. But I mean, hit cardio, you can make the same, the same, uh, the same claim. But nothing will build muscle better than straight sets and lifting compound lifts with rest periods and focused on that adaptation. Uh, nothing is going to burn fat uh, faster than you burning more calorie, having a larger calorie deficit, which in turn would be burning more calories in that mm-hmm. cardio session. So yeah, what I like about, here's what I like about barbell complex. First off, before I get into it, they have to be done right. Mm-hmm. Programming still matters. So I think a lot of times when people put together complexes with weights, they pretend like it, like programming doesn't matter. And what they do is they just take their favorite exercises, and they put them together. Smash it all together. And they're like, no rest, and here we go. No, no, no. Programming still matters. In fact, uh, MAPS HIT uses complexes with weight, and as much energy and effort as we put into the programming of other MAPS programs went into that as well because what you do, the order you do them in, and what exercises you put together makes a big difference. That being said, here's what I like complexes for. Conditioning and calorie burning. That's what they do very, w- that's what they do very, very well. Conditioning in the sense that you're going to get good strength endurance from doing these types of things. Now, if you're an athlete, there's definitely a, a some value here, especially for, you know, when I used to train uh, other <laughs> athletes like uh, MMA fighters or wrestlers or whatever, if they if we wanted to increase their stamina and they weren't going to do any more mat time, then I'd do a complex with them, for example, because you can kind of build that. As far as calorie burning is concerned, you're going to burn a ton of calories. There's no rest. Cardiovascularly speaking, your heart rate's going up quite high. A 30-minute barbell complex workout is going to burn more calories than an hour of straight set weight training, or maybe even an hour and a half of straight set weight See, training. I, yeah. I, I use it completely different. Like I, I don't look at it like that. I look at it like a, a time thing. Um, it's a great way to get a good workout in when I happen to be short on time that day. Sure, sure. So if you're going to catch me doing a, a circuit or a barbell complex, it's going to be intermittently into my normal. <laughs> training routine where this is a day and let's use today as an example because this is something that I may consider to do today I'm 
you know, I've, I've got some stuff to handle right after work. I may only have about 30 minutes to 40 minutes tops after we get done podcasting. Uh, but I want to get a lift in really quick. Um, I'm not going to do what I had, would love to have do, which was follow a normal foundational mass program. Okay, well, here's an example of where I can intermittently throw in a barbell complex type of a routine. Now, what's cool about it is that it does have some muscle building benefits from it. It does have some burning, fat burning benefits from it. And it's also something that I don't train on a regular basis. So my body is going to be like, whoa, this is it's like a disruptor. It's a very good disruptor, right? That's a great word for that. And it, and then I'll go right back to my normal routine. I think what happens is people read, uh, you know, clickbait things like, like this. I want to burn body fat. And yes. Muscle. And then they start, then they follow it day in and day out. Like it's a superior routine to a, a program that's laid out to, you know, build muscle or to burn fat. What? No, it's just, it's a, it's a great way to interrupt like a, a long 50 minute, 60 minute type of routine. That's personally how I use it. That's how I typically use, use it for clients. That's where I see the most value in training like this. I don't think uh, that it is superior to a straight like foundational day like what we recommend in most of all of our programs. Most, most online programs advertised to women are these types of programs. Right. Yeah. And uh, they're just, in the long term, they're just not nearly as effective. They're great in the short term, like Adam said, but in the long yes. term, they're not effective. I, used, I love taking female clients who follow online programs like this. I'm like, I've been working out for six months. I've been doing it. I look at their workout and it's all circuit. And I go, cool. I know when I move you to Maps Anabolic, your body is going to love it. And sure enough, every time they're like, holy cow, my metabolism is faster, building more muscle. I'm getting lean much easier. It's like okay, it's yeah. because you got stuck in this in this cycle for too long. It's so funny because it, it is the popular you know uh, workout style that's out there, and it's still like one that people like really find themselves being gravitated towards. Uh, where for me, it's like um, I I probably do it once, maybe twice a year, and like usually like I just feel like I want to get in good condition again, and yeah. and so I use it more for like. You know, I, I've been working on my movement. I'm working on my strength. Okay, now I want to express, you know, that a little bit with more intensity and then, you know, get my conditioning and my durability back up. And so that's how I use it typically. Uh, and, you know, for anything like in terms of like, I don't, I hate like traditional cardio. And so this is another thing where I can like, I can get a really tough cardiovascular style workout with, you know, working with weights uh, to where I don't feel like I'm bored, you know. Next question is from bmore04. How do you fix a chest imbalance? Should you switch to dumbbells and go heavier on the bad side? Or could this be from a shoulder issue or something not related to the chest muscle? So this brings up a good, a good topic here. I think it's important for everybody to go through cycles regularly uh, of unilateral training where you're only working one side at a time because barbells do some some things very very good um, but one thing that they don't do very good is help address a right to left imbalance if you have a really bad right to left imbalance you can actually compensate quite a bit uh, with a barbell and if you don't change it up you'll never fix the issue now as far as going heavier or whatever uh, you know the best way I love to do this and do this with clients and do this with myself is I'll do one arm at a side at a time, excuse me, or one leg at a time, and I'll start with the weaker side first, and then I'll only do that many reps with my stronger side, even though the stronger side might feel like it could do more. So, for right. example, let's say we're doing a chest press, and I feel like I have an imbalance in my chest. 
I'll do a one arm dumbbell chest press and let's say the, the weaker side is my left. So I'll start with the left and I'll do as many as I can. And let's say I get to 10 reps with a, you know, 60 pound or 70 pound dumbbell. I'm going to do the exact same thing with my right arm, even if I feel like I can do more with my right arm. Because if I continue to push my right arm during the workout, then I'm going to maintain that gap. I'm going to improve both of them, but I'm still going to have that gap. Instead, what I do is I push the weak side and I lay back on the other side and use the weak side as a guide. And that allows me to bring that gap together. Now, here's the, here's the side effect of this. The side, for those of you who think you don't have any imbalances between right and left, doing a full cycle of unilateral training, you'll build more muscle. It is very different. It's a very, very different stimulus. You go from you know, two feet together, go to one leg, and you'll see how much weight you have to take off the bar because you're not used to it. So I'm going to add to this because, one, I literally just had a conversation with Taylor maybe a week ago in regards to the, exactly this question. Two, this was a major issue for me for at least five to eight years of my lifting. So for the longest time, I had a, a, a significant imbalance on my chest, even as I started to strengthen my chest. And even as I started to learn some of the things that Sal just mentioned to do, like starting to do unilateral work and you know making sure that I, I wasn't doing more reps on the more dominant side and, and mirroring and matching. And for some reason, I just could not catch that other side up. And it was really frustrating and pissing me off. And this is where um, CES really kind of changed my life way back when I took the first NASM CES, which is a corrective, corrective exercise specialist and was one of the best certifications I did as a trainer. <coughs> and what I realized was I had a, um, a rolled forward shoulder on one side more than the other. So most everybody has somewhat of a protracted shoulder girdle where they have the forward shoulders because we do everything in front of us. Now, what you what happens, and it's actually really common, Taylor has this, I had it for sure, and I see it all the time in clients, is especially guys that were, guys or girls that were athletes, and they uh, threw with one hand, they were playing with sports, and so the dominant hand tends to have that shoulder rolled in uh, uh, excessive in comparison to the other side. And so what happened was I wasn't able to, or wasn't retracting my shoulder on that side enough to get the sh to get the chest to take over a lot of the movement. So what was happening was the shoulder on that side was rolled forward so much that my my anterior delt and my triceps were taking over most of that work and it wasn't developing the chest uh, as well as the other side. And so I actually had to fix my ability to retract my shoulder and that thoracic mobility. I had to fix that first before I could actually build and develop my chest. And that's the problem with somebody who takes the advice that Sal is giving right now, and if they've tried unilateral training and they still can't seem to balance the chest out, what it could be is that, sh that shoulder, and it'll be the side, that the, the chest, that's the side that's flatter uh, is probably that same, not probably, it will be that shoulder that's rolled forward in. And if you do like our zone one test in MAPS Prime, you will see this, or excuse me, the uh, yeah, the MAPS Prime program, you'll see in the zone one test, when you go to do the, the wall test with the, the glaring uh, problem, you'll see that you mm -hmm. won't be able to get your, your wrist and your elbow back uh, as, as equal on both sides. And that's your red flag right away that it's you've got that shoulder roll forward and you've got to fix that imbalance and you've got to train the shoulders to be, keep peeled back equally on both sides while you do any of these, whether they're unilateral or barbell movements, to fix that. And once you do that, 
it'll make a world of difference. And it took me five years of fucking around before I realized what was going on. Once I addressed it, I completely eliminated it. But then it took a good year or two of addressing it and working towards it to balance it out. Now I can get under a, you know, do a nice prime real quick, get under a barbell and my chest evenly works and develops evenly. But this wasn't a, a major issue for me uh, when I was first getting into lifting for the first five yeah, that's years. That's great advice. I mean, I don't really have much to add to that. I mean, the priming and unilateral training alone will, will do like massive things for you uh, in terms of like being able to equalize that imbalance. Next question is from Emily Ann Mady. What tools do each of you have to stay disciplined when the motivation or excitement has run out to stay on track with your nutrition or go to the gym? Shock collar. Yeah. Yeah. This is I wear it around my testicles and then whenever I'm not doing good. Wow. That's, wow. that's yeah. different. Some people pay a lot of money yeah. for that. Do <laughs> <laughs> you get that from that we vibe that we You know, still doing that. this is the big difference between motivation and discipline. Yeah. Okay. Um, People who wait Great to point. to take action when they're motivated are the people who sometimes work out and sometimes don't. These are the people that are sometimes productive and sometimes are not. These are the people that tend to not be satisfied with their current level of success. And this is not because these people are lazy or, or, or terrible people. It's normal. It's completely normal for all people to go through periods of high motivation you can't be super motivated all the time. Um, it, it just doesn't work that way. Very few people can live that way. Yep. And people that do live that way tend to have uh, issues being uh, balanced with the rest of their life. They tend to be fanatical about certain things. Most of us go through periods of sometimes I'm super motivated, sometimes I'm not. The difference between the people who are successful and the people who aren't are the ones that that just stay disciplined and continue to do what they're supposed to when they're not motivated. Now, so when I don't feel motivated, first of all, I, I go to the gym and I work out whether I'm motivated or not. It's just, mm -hmm. I've been doing now so long, it's like brushing my teeth in the morning. You know, imagine if, if, imagine if someone came up to you and said, hey, how do you stay motivated to brush your teeth every morning? You know, we would look at them like they're crazy. Because like, your breast stinks. Yeah, you just do it. Or, yeah. you know, how do you stay motivated to wipe your ass after you take a shit? You just do it, right? I, you, th that's the way you got to look at some of these things is you just do it Honored, and then yeah, it becomes percent. discipline. And, and this is, I guess this is kind of our initial like uh, disdain for a lot of the massive, like motivational yes. driven pages yes. and business, you know, motivation, like always having to be on this high because it's just not realistic. And, uh, I know people can find themselves really charged by that. And I get that. Like it's, it's, a, it, it fills you with something. It gives you a spark and, um, you know, and I, I, th there's benefit to that. There's benefit to, to feeding off of that energy on some level, but then taking that and doing something with it, but realizing that, you know, that's not the well, that's not where you always need to go to, to mm. continue this, like to be able to find that intrinsic motivation is so much more powerful and will do so much more for your life. Yes. Right. In, 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 you know, psychologically speaking, here's what ends up happening, right? You're at home. And you think, oh, I'm supposed to work out right now. Oh, I don't want to work out right now. Okay, change your language. You might want to say, I don't have the typical energy and drive to go work out that I normally would. Therefore, my motivation is low. Does that really mean I don't want to work out? No. It just means it's feeling. It's a, it's a different feeling. It's no different than somebody who says, uh, I can't eat that food versus someone who says, I don't want to eat that food. You First off, if you value doing something, 
then you actually do want to do it. It's just sometimes it's harder to do than other times. Right. Yeah. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to say... It's totally normal. Yeah, oh, I, you know, I don't... This time, I know this time going to the gym is going to not be as fun as last time. Okay, acknowledge it. Does that mean you really don't want to go? No, it just means it's not as fun. But now that you've looked at your value system and you've considered this something that you want to make yeah. as a part of your life... You actually do want to go. Listen, it's just listen. Motivation is bullshit. Self belief is everything. It's this is it's the motivation. This has been something that I've been saying since I started on Instagram. It drives me fucking crazy. All shit. the motivation stuff, and and I think a lot of that is because I I remember training clients for so long and and seeing this what they needed. They needed this hype and they wanted this you know get me all excited to do this and they would tell you oh i love going to these classes because my friend goes and it gets me all all this energy and we play the music loud and what i know what i know now from doing this for so long is those are always the same people too who don't make the lifestyle change they 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 stay motivated for 6 months or whatever time frame until the beach comes or till the wedding comes or whatever happens or when that person the new tr- instructor that's no longer there is changes classes and now you have a different and they rely on this all this external shit to get them to go to the gym or get them to do these things like brushing your teeth like you should be doing anyways and it's got to be something that you get from within you have to find that out if you rely on the motivation if you're looking for that external motivation forever it'll always be fleeting and you at one point will be faced with this i've got to figure this out for myself and the sooner you get started on the path the sooner this will become a behavioral change and it will change your life for the rest of your life but you have to let go of all that stuff and i think that's that's really the meaning behind all of us always talking trash about all the motivation hype is because I know it's not real. I yeah. know it's not something that it, it's not sustainable and it's not. And people think it is because they're like, yeah, man, I saw that video or, oh man, that guy was just so motivated and that kickstarted me. But honestly, if you're somebody who that kickstarted and then you ended up becoming a lifer and, and following through and say, it wasn't him who did that or her who motivated you. Did it. it was whatever you did behaviorally, that that kept you going forever. You continue to do. Yes. Yeah, no. Nobody needs. Nobody has a problem doing what they need to do when they're super motivated. And, that, and that's, I think, why people want that, right? People right. think, gosh, if I could just feel like I did last week, where I was so hyped to go to the gym, where I was so hyped to eat right. If I could just have that feeling, it's a good feeling. Then that'll save me. Yeah. And, and now here's what you need to understand. Forget that. It's never going to happen. I promise you. You could try drugging yourself. You could take drugs to mag- to push your dopamine through the roof, and that'll make you feel motivated, but we know where that's going to end up, right? There is no way to maintain that super motivated feeling all the time, so just get good at doing things when you're not feeling that way. And well, the way you do that is be disciplined. This is why, too, we don't like the whole intensity push all the time because you know what It's reality is? There's going to be days when you're tired and you don't feel good, but because you've disciplined yourself, you've created habits of going to the gym and going, this is where you modify. Yeah. It's like, you know, you don't need to go to the gym and crush it every time. You know right. when you crush it? When you're motivated. That's right. And you're feeling great. You slept good. You ate well. You watched some Tony Robbins on the way to the gym. You're fucking fired up. Go get it. You know what I'm saying? Go get it that day. But then some days you're not going to, you're not going to have slept very well and you're going to be frustrated. You're going to have other things on your plate. But you still need to get to the gym. But it's okay. Maybe that day is more recuperative. It's funny. I was talking to uh, Max Lugavere about writing, and I was like, you know, and we were having this conversation, and he says, if you ever, if when when you if you want to be a writer, what you need to do is schedule time to writing write. Blocks, yep. And he says, 
even if you're if you're inspired or not, he goes. Sometimes I sit down and I literally get one sentence out, yeah. and I have to go through and figure out. This is the frustrating. And days. sometimes I get through. I get I get through pages. He goes, but yeah. the fact that it's scheduled, it's discipline. Same thing with your you're workouts. Chipping away yeah, at when it. When you're constantly. motivated, you're gonna yeah. have a great workout. When you're not motivated, go to the gym anyway. Do something easy. Go light. You know, go you know stretch or relax or whatever. But maintain that discipline. That's the secret. Next question is from Eva Bennett's. What are some of the best investment opportunities right now and for the future? Oh, yeah. Man, we've been getting all kinds of investments. Bro, we I, are yeah. in. We, we're like Nostradamuses over here. We're I, I, in I, keep, the, I keep telling people, like, I'm not the right guy to ask this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. None of us are experts in investments. No. By, by, I, I just want to be very, very clear. But we are in right now this economic growth period that is uh, really this, 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 this market, this bull market is looking very interesting. It has a lot of people a little bit afraid because you know, it's, 2008 wasn't that long ago, um, and that was a huge crash. And, and since then, we've seen this just consistent growth, especially recently. And I think what happens when things start to kick ass is you have a lot, or they kick ass for long enough, you have a lot of people who look at investments and think, how can I make a lot of money in a short period of time? Yeah, That's a big mistake. That's what gets people in trouble. What, the, the smart way to invest is to think long-term. Very, very few people are good enough to be able to be like, cool, in five years or 10 years, I'm going to be a millionaire and invest. Those people, you're not like them. Don't compare yourself. Look at things long-term. And this is something that I learned. Uh, you, you, I learned through my family members who all work in investment. Rather, For example, when you go buy property, a lot of people buy property and they, they try to speculate on the price of the property. Like, oh, I'm going to buy this house for 300000 and then in three years, it's going to go up to 400000 or whatever, and I'm going to make $100,000. That's one way to invest in property, but that's a lot more risky. The long-term approach would be to try to make income on that property through rent, for example. So, okay, I'm going to buy this $300,000 property. I'm going to put this much down. My mortgage is going to be, you know, whatever, $1,000 a month, but I can rent it for 1200 bucks a month. I'm going to make $200 in income above my, my mortgage. It's going to pay off in 30 years or 15 years or however uh, you, you you set it up, and then at the end of that you know 15 year period, house is paid off, and now I have this rent that I'm collect every month. It's more of a long term approach. So I that's probably the best advice anyone's ever given me with investments is be smart and look at retiring later on and setting yourself up that way so that you're not playing that crazy kind of gambling game that I think a lot of people play. I like gold and silver right now. I like gold and silver right now because I, I, I'm, I'm fearful of the dollar. Uh. Uh, so I think that's a, a decent buy. Um, we've talked about Disney. Uh, I think that was, I still think that's a great buy. Oh, yeah. um, I think um, uh, HubSpot, we've talked about. I think that's a great buy. Um, I, you follow the marijuana stocks more than I do, so you could probably put- Super risky still, but yeah. GW Pharma is where I, I, you know, I, I had bought a lot of shares of them way back right. when they were- over the counter. I'm skeptical of uh, real estate right now. It's why I, I'm not buying anything right now. I've been I've been sitting uh, on my money, and I've been Katrina and I talk about this on a very regular. Uh, whether we get an investment property out of California or whatever. I mean, it, real estate's really high right now. It's really, really high, especially when you look at it for the average. Well, California is interesting because uh, we have, I don't know how many IPOs coming up. You're going to have like 10 or 15 or 1,000 more millionaires in a very short Boy, period that's of time. What I, I know. I shared that just the other day. That's yeah. that, that just scares me even more because that's going to inflate it, right? It's going to yeah. artificially inflate the Bay Area. Uh, when you have 5,000 new millionaires that are out buying multi-million dollar properties. And so it'll look like there's less uh, available properties, which will then drive up the real estate even more. 
and with the economy going well. So it, it scares me on, and it just seems it, it seems uh, impossible, right? When you look at the average income here, and then you look at what the uh, average house is, it just doesn't add up. And so it seems like something's got to give. So I'm I'm reluctant to do that here right now. So I don't like I don't I don't like that. Um, I think a good message too for younger people listening, like if you're in your 20s, if you can start to invest your money now, even if it's a hundred bucks a month, boy, I don't know. Have you ever seen those charts of like a 25 year old investing, you know, this much money versus a 35 year old and where they end up when they're 60? The difference in their wealth is insane. Yeah, I, I really, I mean, people. I've been getting a lot of people asking this, and my honest answer is, I don't think that I'm, uh, I, I'm wise in this at all. I think that I, I made a lot of mistakes. I think, I think things. Let me tell you what I did well. What I did well was I worked really fucking hard. I worked really hard to make enough money that I could make a lot of mistakes, and and the things that have paid off the most for me, investment wise, was investing on myself. So of all the stock, the Bitcoins, the real estate, the everything else that I've done in my life that I've bought or put money into, nothing has paid more dividends than reinvesting in myself. And that's everything from education to taking risk on companies to things like that. Nothing has paid more than that because it's something I can control. There's yeah. nothing, nothing that's been better than me going, you know, take it, for example, a business that didn't work out for me that was a failure when I bought the mobile car detailing business. I bought it for like... 2500 or five grand. I don't remember how much it was. And I busted my ass to try and build that business. It didn't work out. I turned around and I sold it for like 10,000 and the whatever money I made on the way. And that was, I made good money on that, even though I consider that a loss and I didn't, it did, the business didn't take off. So I've got examples of that where I've invested in ideas that I thought would have been a great business idea and it didn't pan out, but I still made money off of it. And more importantly, I learned a fuck ton doing yeah. that. And the education was worth it in, in gold. I have a similar yeah experience to that in terms of like investing in myself. But also like I like the idea of tangibles more. So it's for me to not have a say or have any kind of skills to then apply towards like a company feels a lot like gambling. But I know there's a very smart and sound way to approach it and like think more long term. And so I'm definitely like, you know, seeking counsel with that with investment people. Um, but, you know, in terms of like having property and having things where I do have a skill set that I can apply to then, you know, say worst case scenario, I can come in and like, uh, you know, uh, remodel and do some handiwork myself. Like I feel like I have a little bit of a, a better uh, grip with that in terms of like me like pouring mm -hmm. money into it. So I have to kind of think in terms of like how can I pour myself on some level worst case scenario and then also, like, you know, the more, uh, you know, I build upon this, uh, you know, portfolio, that's I just want to make sure I'm educated. And like I know, uh, you know, the companies, their track record uh, and, and all those things I like to dive in, you know, before I make, uh, you know, serious investments. Yeah. Start looking at here's another thing to pay attention to is uh, you're going to start seeing psilocybin, which is magic mushrooms. You're going to start seeing that, oh, that is interesting. potentially be used as medicine in the near future and the hype alone should blow that stock up you know just just the hype around it and so as soon as that starts to happen where you start to see because laws are going to start to loosen on that because the science coming out on, on on treatments with psilocybin is pretty remarkable so as they start to loosen up laws if you see a pharma company come out even if they're whatever the fact that they're in that space it's risky but it could be a, a, a beneficial gamble because the hype, like just like when the marijuana stocks hit 
at first, everybody got excited because they were the first marijuana stocks. Doesn't mean they made, you know, they, they were successful companies, but like I remember when Medbox, which was Medbox was this this, this like uh, like this uh, dispensary, uh, mechanical dispensary for marijuana. And just because it was one of the first marijuana stocks, I remember when that stock went from like a dollar a share to six hundred dollars a share. Yeah, I was overnight. Ri- I was rich then, then lost everything on that one. Oh, uh, see, good example, right? Uh, so, um, pay attention to the to that market because as soon as psilocybin laws start to loosen up or whatever around that, watch companies that get into that space because just it's going to be a lot of I like, gonna be a lot of shit moving. I like Pinterest. I like Airbnb and VRBO stuff. So uh, Airbnb, as far as an IPO, Lyft like- and Uber. I'm less interested in that just because I think that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna dogfight each other to death. Uh, I like Pinterest better, and I like uh, Airbnb better as far as the IPOs that are coming. And I like um, like if I were to do real estate, I think too. I like the idea of um, doing it with the intentions of it being a VRBO, like buying a property maybe in like a place like Las Vegas or that market's North gonna grow so fast. where, I yeah, I, I just think that the, I mean, we, we have an example right now, right? So, uh, we are just in a meeting, um, about, uh, this, we have, we, you know, we have a, whenever we fly a guest in, we take care of them in a hotel or whatever. And we were just talking about how outrageous some of these hotel prices are like, you know what? We haven't even, we, as much as we use VRBO, we haven't even looked at that. And I was like, holy shit, we can actually put our guest in this badass place in Santana Row for, for half the price, for half the price of what it was costing us to put them in a little shitty ass hotel, not shitty, but a nice hotel room. And now they're in this badass place. It's like, that's to me, that's crazy. And it's only a matter of time before they just start to take out a lot of these hotels. So I love uh, the Airbnbs. I That's going to be VRBO. an interesting thing to watch for sure. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, and with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all free. We have guides on everything from developing your arms to your midsection to your legs. We even have guides for personal trainers. Also, you can find us all on social media. We're all on Instagram and you can contact us individually. Justin's page is Mind Pump Justin. Adam is at Mind Pump Adam, and I'm at Mind Pump Sal. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.